Abu Musa al-Ashir, who is the legend of a Sahabi, he comes from Yemen. And he's a really beautiful person, and he's known for having the most beautiful voice. The Prophet actually tells him, Abu Musa, you've been blessed, because Dawood out of the Prophets had the most beautiful voice. When he would recite the Zabur that was revealed to him, the mountains and the birds would sing along with him. Everything. So the Prophet used to say about Abu Musa that your voice is absolutely beautiful, stunning. Angels would come down to listen to Abu Musa So anyway, Abu Musa who comes from Yemen, he accepts Islam at the hands of Rasulullah and then he's sent to Yemen. He goes to Abyssinia, he does two hijras to Abyssinia. He stays in Yemen. When he comes back to meet the Prophet right before the Battle of Khaybar, he brings back 50 converts with him, including his siblings. Like he brings a whole, he brings the whole squad back. And that's why in the hadith, you don't really hear any stories of Abu Musa in this earlier period. He comes back, the Prophet sees him, and the Prophet loves him. And the Prophet says, you know the people of uh, the Asha'ir, uh, they are gentle people, they're soft people. He would call all the Yemenis the people of Asha'ir. Right? He would term them all after Abu Musa radiallahu anhu. And the Prophet admired Abu Musa Abu Musa gets older, he becomes a governor, he becomes a military commander, and he has a very interesting story. The stories of Islam are not always rosy. And there are chapters that are very bloody. And one of those chapters is the Battle of what battle? No. Badr. Badr. No, the crunch. Uh huh. Kandas. Kandas. Sifin. The Battle of Sifin. How many of you know the Battle of Sifin? More Sahaba died in the Battle of Safin than all the battles prior. And it was a disagreement between two companions of the Prophet. And the story is long, and some other day, hopefully, Sheikh Omer, we can talk about this one day to the students the Battle of Jamal and the Battle of Safin. It was a very sensitive time in the There was people who were on the side of Ali, there were people who were on the side of Mu'awiyah. Between armies were raised and battles were fought, blood was shed. Abu Musa al-Ashari he recused himself and he said, I heard the Prophet say that when the Muslims fight amongst each other, stay silent and don't get involved in the middle of the fight. However, he's looped in at the end because he is nominated as the person to broker the peace between two factions. Abu Musa al-Ashadar, this becomes his legacy, that he becomes one of the people who's brokering the peace between two great nations. Anyhow, some of his advice. Marwa al-Bayhaqiyu min al-Shu'ab min tariqi Musa ibn Ishaq al-Talhi qal, ijtahad al-Ash'ariyu qabla mawtihi ijtihadan shadeena. Faqila lahu, لو أمسكت ورفقت بنفسك بعض الرفق 
when Abu Musa was passing away, he passed away close to the age of 70 years old. He starts, but when he's like really old and he's about to die, he starts praying more, reading Quran more, worshiping Allah more, and he exerts himself fully. So someone was like, why don't you calm down a little bit? Old guy, and you're like pretty much on your deathbed. Take a rest a little. He said, Inna al khayna idha ursilat faqarabat rasa majaraha akhrajat jami'a ma indaha waladi baqiya min ajali akalu min dalik qala falam yazal ala dalik hatta mat. He says, When a person is on a horse, and the horse is galloping, and you're near the finish line, and you know you just have few more meters, few more feet to go, few more yards to go. You're running, you're at the touchdown. You have the last few minutes. He says, you floor it. He said, my life has the last few minutes left to it. Last few moments left to it. I'm just flooring it so that I can get to Jannah. I can just grind to Jannah. And I can focus on it. And that's how he remained until he passed away. That continue striving, continue working hard, because you don't know how much of the life that you have is left. You don't know about that. Some of the salaf, they said, when I say salaf, what does salaf mean? The pious predecessors. The pious predecessors, yes. I'm not talking about salafis, <laughs> the salaf. Abdullah ibn Dawood al-Khuraybi, يحكي حال من قبله. He says, كان أحدهم إذا بلغ أربعين السنة طوى فراشه وكان بعضهم يحيي الليل فإذا نظر إلى الفجر قال عند الصباح يحمد القوم الصراء. He said, you know, in our people, when we would hit the age of 40, what is retirement now? 65. He says, for us, retirement from the dunya was at 40. That's when we would turn towards our Allah and now focus on our akhirah. That up till the age of 40, we've built enough dunya that will last us till the end of our time. And we can't eat as much as we could eat before, drink as much as we could drink before, but we would focus on our hereafter, and that is it. Anas bin Malik radiallahu anhu says, Kunna ma'a Abi Musa fi masirin lahu. He says, We were once with Abu Musa al-Ash'ad radiallahu anhu. Fasami'a nas yatahaddathuna, fasami'a fasahatan faqal, mali ya Anas. Abu Musa Ashari and Anas bin Malik and a group of people are traveling and now people are talking, saying stories. Some people are, you know, poetry or in your equivalence, rapping, uh, listening to music and just enjoying their time. Abu Musa Ashari looks at Anas bin Malik and says, Mali, Anas, Anas, what's going on? Halumma, come here. Let's remember our Allah. Those are gold friendships. Let's talk about Allah. Let's reflect about Allah. He goes around and he says, that, oh, Anas, a lot of these people, their tongue has killed them. Their tongue has displaced them. They're things, saying things, and they're ruining their hereafter. 
Oh, Anas, do you know what holds people back and yanks them from Jannah? Anas bin Malik says, yeah, two things. Shahawat, desires, and shaitan. Qala, la. He says, no. Wallah. وَلَكُنْ عُجِّلَتْ لَهُمُ الدُّنْيَا وَأُخِرَتِ الْآخِرَةِ وَلَوْ عَيَنُوا مَا عَدَلُوا وَمَا مَيَّلُوا He said, no. That's not what it is. Allah has chosen that these people are to be rewarded with the dunya and there's nothing left for them in the akhirah. That is what makes people oblivious. Because they were created to enjoy the dunya temporarily and not the hereafter infinitely and ultimately. Qusama bin Zuhair says, one day Abu Musa al-Ash'ari got on the member and he said, Ya ayyuhan nas, O people, ubuku, cry. Fa'illam tabaku, fatabako. If you cannot cry, make your face like you're crying. Fake it. Fa'inna ahlan nar. For the people of hell, yabakuna dumu'a hatta tanqati'a. In hell, will be so embarrassed, regretful of where they are, that they will cry and cry and cry and cry until tears no longer are exiting their eyes. Then they will cry tears, not of water, but tears of blood. And they will cry so much tears of blood that Allah, if you were to take a ship, and put it into the pool that their tears have spilled, the ship would set sail. He said, this would be the situation of the people of Jahannam. Learn to cry for the sake of Allah, not for the sake of a boy. Or a girl. They're not supposed to get you to make tears. Half of our tears are in front of Allah because of a boy or a girl. <clears throat> cry in front of Allah to the love of Allah the regret of your sins. You see, Jahannam cannot be extinguished by anything. This teardrop is what can save you from Jahannam. This teardrop is very valuable. Learn to cry out of love of Allah and out of fear of Allah. And if you can't, your heart is too hard. Blesses their hearts are like stones. Allah has sealed your hearts. Cry on the fact that you cannot cry in front of And turn to Allah. Fake it. Make your face like you're crying if you can't. And slowly it will crack and tears will begin to flow from your eyes. And your heart will soften in front of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. There's so much to read. You know, there is a, a poem of Allah Iqbal. 
where he says that in this ummah there are still some people who do fajr with the tears that they cried so much through the night that they ended up making wudu with the tears of their eyes. That they spent the night crying in front of Allah so much that their hands, their arms, and their face was filled to the point that in the morning, what need is there to do wudu? I've already done wudu with the tears from my face. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bless us with that type of heart. From the seven who will be shaded on the, under Allah's throne, who are they? One of them is the one who cries, remembers Allah in their, in, in their home privately, and tears shed from their eyes. Allah will give you the shade of his throne on the day of judgment. In another advice, Abu Musa al-Ashr says, Abu Musa says that the people before you, this dinar, what does dinar mean? Gold coin. And dirham? Silver coin. Very good. He says this dinar and this dirham has destroyed the people of the past. This dollar and this pound, this dollar and this bitcoin. <laughs> has destroyed the people of the past. And it will destroy you too. If your goal and you wake up in the morning thinking is cha-ching, and you go to sleep thinking money and that's all you care about, when you're trying to get married and you think about how much does he make or how much does she make and that's what's on your mind, and that's your goal and focus, your priorities are wrong. The dunya is, when you see every car drive by and your heart starts yearning, I wish I had that car, when you see every shoe and you walk in the mall and your heart is desiring, you know, people, I cannot recall in recent history that I have ever walked through a mall in this city just for the sake of walking through a mall. Any country I've visited, people always come and tell me, let's go visit the mall. What, what am I doing in the mall? I never walk around. Why? Because it makes the heart yearn for the dunya more. A person reads this in, in the mall. That's the dua for the mall. There's a dua for the mall, against the mall. The Prophet said, The most beloved pieces of land to Allah is the masjid. And the place Allah hates and despises the most on the earth are the malls. <laughs> a hadith, I'm not capping. This is a hadith of the Prophet ﷺ that Allah, despite, because of the sins that happen, because of the desire of the dunya that comes, you're literally on display. You're watching, you say, oh my God, that's Gucci. You can barely afford the parking ticket. Right? He picked you up because you don't drive. Right? And you're out there looking at Gucci and thinking to yourself that I want Gucci or I want this or that. You can't, like, you don't have a bank account. You don't have You guys don't have anything. And you guys want all of these things. The dunya, the love of dunya, as, as young as you are, you're taught to love the dunya. You're, you are nurtured with the love of the dunya. And you're addicted to it. And there's a strong desire for it. 
May Allah remove the love of the dunya from our hearts. Final hadith. One day, Abu Ubaidah bin Al-Jarrah radiallahu anhu was coming from Bahrain. Wafaw salat al-fajr ma'ala bi sallallahu Great salat with the Prophet when the Prophet prayed Fajr, turns around, he saw the whole budget is full today. The Prophet starts to smile. And he says, I think y'all heard that Abu Ubaidah brought something from Bahrain. Meaning he brought some, some wealth. Now they know that the Prophet is generous, he's not going to keep, he's going to distribute. Like when they know, they, they know the type of man the Prophet is, that it came at Fajr, before the sun rises, that wealth will be distributed. They're not waiting till Dohar, Asr, sucking up here, there. They know that if we don't make it at Fajr, by the time the sun rises, this man is so honest, he will not keep any dunya with him. When the Prophet is about to pass away, he's fainting, he's getting up, and he's saying, how much money is left at home? He says, Ya Rasulullah, some gold coins, tasaddaqu, give it all in charity. You're passing away, you have a daughter, you have grandchildren, you have wives. No, my Allah is my sustainer and my maintainer and the one who looks after me. He lived by it. So Fajr is much of this full. Abu Arayda brings some wealth from Bahrain. And the Prophet smiles and says, looks like y'all heard That's, uh, that there is some, that today we're going to have dinner. We're going to have some, uh, Someone's gonna, so you guys can get some money. And the Sahaba weren't cappers. They didn't go like, no, Ya Rasulullah, we came to pray Fajr. Money, money, what? Money, we didn't even know there'd be money. Sahaba were honest people. They said, Ajal. Yeah. We heard about this. The Prophet says, Fa'abashiru. He says, Glad tidings, wa'abminu, ma'yasubukum. Take what pleases you. I swear by Allah, I'm not scared that you will be poor. But I'm scared that you will have too much dunya. The way the people before you had a lot of dunya. They fought for it and competed for it the way you all will compete for this dunya. It will destroy you the way it destroyed them. And that is enough of a reflection of this dunya and the state of our iman and our faith. That this purpose of this dunya is just so that we can get the hereafter purpose of this dunya is not luxury. It's not to fill. You can never be on top. Elon Musk, what, how much did he lose now? 200 billion or something? Does that make sense? Like, dunya he got and dunya got wiped away. Where's all the, who was the, who was the billionaire or the millionaire in the 19th century? Who knows? 18th century, who knows? 17th century, who knows? Who was the richest man five years ago? 10 years ago, who knows? This dunya does not remain in anyone's hands. Your house 
is on a land or a piece of place so many before you lived into it and so many after you were lived into it as well. The schools you've gone to UTD, how many bright minds walked into or college? Uh, <laughs> bright minds walked through it and walked out, became millionaires, and today they're unknown. Today they're under the ground. Wallahi, you know, our, our parents, they're very big on this. Pakistan I have to make a house in Pakistan. And they'll go and they'll build all these properties for what? So that when they die, there is an uncle over there that snatches it, or there are children here that are fighting over it. The person goes over there, there's hundreds of stories of this. People go over there, their parents build empires for them over there. They go over there, someone snatches it, fight happens, the kid gets killed, the family gets robbed, the family gets hurt. You literally set up the net of destruction for your family. I saw one family one time, they said, we are making, you know, 300 a year or something combined, mashallah. They said, we're saving for our child's marriage. I said, what is your child studying? She's very smart. She's becoming an engineer. I said, is she going to marry a person who has a GED? He said, no, she's going to marry someone you know, who's educated. And I said, okay, so your daughter is going to make over 150K. The, her husband is going to make probably 150, 200K. You guys make 300K. What are you saving up for? <laughs> generational wealth now this dollar is going down what generational wealth the Turkish lira ten five years ago was a dollar when I bought these hats it was a dollar to four lira three and a half today what is it 18 <laughs> <laughs> What, what will you do tomorrow if you wake up and this dollar has no value? You have banked your youth, your best days, your energy, your mind, everything, because they said this is valuable. Tomorrow, if they say the value went down, you have to work harder not to bring the value up. You know, when I was in South Africa, Zimbabwe went through a financial crisis. Million, you, to buy bread, you needed a million Zimbabwe dollars. Because the, the currency was so devalued that the silver, the silver lining on the bill was worth more than the bill itself. So people were ripping the lining out of the bill. If you wanted to buy bread, you had to take like bags full of money to go buy it. And that's how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sets records straight. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala remove the love of the dunya from our hearts. Subhanahu wa ta'ala. Thank you.